0: what I'm a big believer of is trying to be the intersection of two things. In other words, like early on I had a website called real estate, in your twenties. So I wanted to be the intersection between real estate investing, which is a huge niche and people in their twenties, which is a huge niche. And I want to be the intersection. And so that's how you brand yourself as the intersection. You guys do it as well, right? It's, it's active duty, passive income, right? So you're the military, which is a huge niche and then investing or passive income, which is a huge niche, do them together and you're unique and you're memorable. And yeah. there are, thousands or hundreds of thousands of millions of people who are in that that middle point today I'm more like real estate in your 30s but like the the idea and pretty soon someday 40s but that's where branding begins is like finding that intersection uh, that make you interesting
2: Have you ever wondered why some people always seem to be more successful than others in life? Maybe they are more productive, happier, or even wealthier, or all of the above. The truth is that most successful people take time to plot their course in life by setting specific, actionable, and attainable goals. But more importantly, they have an accountability system in place. That's why Tim Kelly and I are so proud to announce the release of ADPI's 13-week action journal.
1: We spent
0: countless hours and poured our blood, sweat, and tears into this journal to ensure that you not only have a daily reminder of your thousand meter target, but you will be equipped with a system that will propel you towards your goals faster than you ever thought possible.
2: Click the link in this episode's show notes to take advantage of a special one time offer just for our faithful podcast listeners today. Look, bottom line if you aren't willing to write down, track, And implement an accountability system for your goals,
0: you don't deserve to achieve them. Click that link, get started today, and take advantage of this limited time offer now.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. We have the man, the beard, the myth, the legend with us here today, Brandon Turner. What's going on, sir?
0: Hey, what's going on, fellas? I am uh, I am pumped to be here today. I hear so many good things about you guys all the time, and uh, you know, see you online and follow your stuff. And you guys are just rock stars. So this is a, this is an honor for me.
1: Thank you so much. It was an honor for us to have you here, as you've been, or you and your company has been an integral, uh, you know, part into our growth and development in real yeah. estate, and has really inspired us, right, to take on the mission that we've done, which is to help educate other veterans, you know, and and taking this uh, leap as well. So. Super excited to have you here, and we've got a lot of questions for you, and so we're we're excited to kind of get started.
2: Yeah, Yeah. quick shout out. Yeah, quick shout out, Brandon, from some of our students. Uh, Chris Barrett says uh, you inspired him to get into real estate. That's one of our our top students, and I mean, personally, personally, me, you inspired me when I first I was listening to Bigger Pockets. I was like, what is real estate, man? I should go and buy this, buy this car, buy this Ducati, or, or I should, maybe I should buy uh, quadplex instead. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I want to give that shout out to our, our team and they're, they're watching, they're, they're listening and they, uh, they love, uh, they love your stuff. So thanks. Thanks for providing value, man.
3: I wanted to say too, uh, on that same, on that same note, when a veteran is transitioning from the military and they fall into real estate, it's that transition is a really, really important time for them because they could get you know, wrapped up into things that are not productive and they often do. And it leads to some, some bad things. Right. So I want you to think as you're doing this stuff, when you affect the military veteran coming out of service and they hear your podcast, the impact that has on generations, honestly, it's, it's a strain to maybe think about having that influence on somebody who needs something new is, you know, affected me tremendously and helped me out. And now I have, you know, my life mission to, uh, to educate, empower, and to help people grow. And so thanks for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thanks.
1: All right. All right. So uh, the moment we've all been waiting for, let's go ahead and kick it. Brendan, do you mind giving us a little background on yourself and how you got started in investing?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, I got started because I read The Firm. Any of you read The Firm? John Grisham's book, The Firm? Yes,
1: no, I've well. yeah. I'm a
0: movie guy. So I'm like 20 years old, and uh, I'm studying for the law school exam test, at LSAT, because I'm like, I had a history degree from college, and you can't do anything with a history degree other than go to law school or teach <laughs> maybe or be unemployed. So I was like, I'll be I've a heard. lawyer. Yeah. And so I, uh, I'm reading, I'm studying for the test. I took the test. I started applying for law school. And around that time, I also bought a house just because it was cheaper than renting. I was like, you know, 2007, they were giving mortgages to anybody who had a pulse regardless of credit or income, uh, right. which I had very little credit and very little income. And so I bought this house, rented out the bedroom. So kind of house hacked it in a, in a, in a house and, um, started planning to go to law school. And then I read this book, the firm and it was all about this lawyer and how like, in John Grisham, is, he was a lawyer. He's not a fan of lawyers. You can tell because he's like talking about like the 80 hour, 100 hour work weeks. The like this life of like always needing more and more and more and, and then getting shot by the mob. And so it's like, it's all like, obviously the mob things like the, the, the fun part of the story. But the idea was really, I don't want to work 80 hours a week for the next 30 years just to become partner where then I can work 60 hours a week until I die. And I was like, I don't want to go to law school. So uh, I decided that I wasn't going to do that, and then I looked at my real estate. You know, the house I bought, and I had like you know equity in it. I was like, I sold the house. I made like twenty grand, and I was like, that was was a lot of money for not very much work. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds better than law (laughs) school. That's awesome. I never went to law school, and I just started buying real estate.
1: Boom! Love that. That's incredible.
3: Awesome. Yeah, that's actually a perfect segue into you know. I, I mean, kind of leaping over a lot in the middle, but we'll get to the middle part, but. Now you're transitioning to multifamily. So what was your aha moment? You said you had one aha moment in reading the firm, but what was your next aha moment relatively recently in your career and your path to transitioning from single family birth to multifamily?
0: Yeah. So I kind of scaled it up slowly in that. Uh, and I call it, I actually teach teaches a lot today. I call it the stack. It's where um, you don't start with necessarily a hundred unit. I mean, you could, yeah. I suppose, but there's just so many dangers, but, but people oftentimes live inside their comfort zone for too long. I was there as well. And so I was inside this, like buy a single family, maybe a duplex, maybe a, you know, a four plex, five plex. I lived in there for, I don't know, five, six years of my investing. And then I had the opportunity to buy a 24 unit. And I don't even want to call that investing. I mean, it was a great deal. But it was only a great deal because I worked it every single day. I was the maintenance guy. I was the landlord. Right. I did everything. Mm, uh, without doing that, yeah, it wouldn't have been a good deal. But it got me right. out of my job. Uh, and so I quit my job to buy that thing uh, and I got a good deal. But anyway, I still would consider that what I call small multifamily. I like to differentiate. I'm actually like Brian Murray and I, uh, Brian wrote a book called Crushing It in Commercial yeah. Real Estate or Crushing It mm-hmm. Apartments in Commercial. Anyway, Brian and I are writing a new book for Bigger Pockets. won't be out for like another year. But It's a two series book on multifamily. And the idea is we separate small multi from large multi. And it doesn't mean like five Mm. units is necessarily large, even though that's how lenders would qualify it. I call it in a, I differentiate the two by approach. So I stayed in a small approach, which means, you know, local banks, I do everything myself. I keep track of my own stuff. I was a small multifamily investor for a number of years. Then the trigger to large multifamily, large is where you're raising money, you're starting a fund or a syndication, you've got teams of people. That's the larger approach. So the aha moment, going from the small to the large, was actually an event I went to in Colorado. I think it was the best ever conference Joe yeah. Phyllis put it on, right? yeah. 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 yeah, Yeah, so I, I go there to there this event. Here. Okay, yeah, so Joe's an awesome dude, and, and he really did... An amazing thing. He has a podcast. Like you guys have a podcast. I have a podcast. He took that podcast audience and used it to build a billion dollar real estate empire. Grant Cardone did the exact same thing. He used his audience rather than going and selling a you know, $50,000 course on real estate, like most like fairly famous real estate investors end up doing. He instead went out there and just used it to attract money and to raise money and to go big. So I was looking at these two guys, and especially at the at the Fairless event, I was looking around at everybody there. And like I normally I go to an event, like people know who I am and they want to talk to me because I'm on the podcast, but I was the like the smallest guy in the room. I mean, like these everybody there was smarter and doing bigger stuff than I could ever do. And I was like, Well, shoot, like I gotta step on my game.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I heard
0: I heard Ed Milette once say, uh, I was watching a speech Ed Milette gave, who's an amazing speaker. And Ed said, yeah. He was talking to a group of millionaires it's a group called go abundance that i'm a part of yeah and he's talking to this group and he says he said now a lot of you guys in this room think you're doing pretty good right now you you look around you you look at your employees you look at your family and you say well i'm doing really good right now but who are you comparing yourself to he's like i guarantee you you're not comparing yourself to me
3: Amen. that's what he said it was such a <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that like, is awesome yes drops like it's like Ed Mel. It's worth like, I don't know, like hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. Like, yeah, like you are right. comparing yourself to me if yeah. you think you're doing a good job. And I, uh, <laughs> that's that's how I felt uh, at that event with Joe Phares. Was like uh, when I got around people that were doing good stuff, I was like, I got to take this up. So that's when everything changed, and I started uh, going into large multifamily. Yeah, oh,
2: that, that's yeah,
1: yeah, that's
2: that's awesome, Brandon. Because uh, the big thing, like when we when we always frame this stuff in like military, you know, and, and how it affects military what you just described is all about building a team. That's the difference. You, when, when you had that 24 unit, you were doing it all yourself mostly, yeah. but in the large multi, how you define it, it's building that team. So in the military, we're constant from basic training. It's all about breaking down the team and building up that team. So that's why, you know, Eric, Mike, everyone at Activity Passive Income, we love the thought of, of military and veterans getting involved in real estate. And they start small, that's great. But the knowledge of how to build a team and how to make it function and operate,
1: yeah. really changes the game. Just yeah, changes. It it. It's that it's that leadership, right? That that you learn, you know, when you're starting out, right, in the military. But it's tra- it's taking those skills and transitioning them and transitioning them into the civilian world, right? And a perfect way to do it is through investing, and that's incredible. Can you walk us through, you know, so from your first house hack? To your first deal what was that process like and can you share with us a little bit of uh you know what you did to, to get that up and running
0: sure uh and when you say deal you mean like my, my next deal after that house hack
1: or the- yeah i guess your your first your first true investment right sure. where you weren't living in the property
0: all right. Yeah, so I'll I'll case that in a, in a little bit of a story. So I sold that first house that I was renting out the bedrooms and all of a sudden I yeah. realized I just gotten married actually. I just got married. We used the money. We were going to go backpack Europe. That was actually kind of the inspiration for for selling all the nice. house cuz I was like I could use that money go backpack Europe for a year. And then I I sold the house and instead of backpacking Europe I just got married instead and used all the money for that. Which is <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I mean, it works. It was, it was, it, it was great. <laughs> Uh, so I I ended up going to Europe a few years later, which is a different story. But, uh, so then we realized we were homeless, right? Now we're living with her parents, like we had to go (laughs) moving with her parents and we had nowhere to be necessarily. So I started looking for another house around that time when the house was, when we knew it was going to close and, um, I found a duplex. And so I ended up renting, like i ended up buying this duplex was $80,000. I lived in one of the units and I rented out the other one. And I remember standing in that driveway, like holding, this is like a big aha moment. I remember holding this money. First of all, thinking that the neighbors, you know, cause the, the rent, the tenant just came in and gave me rent and cash, which I don't do anymore, but mm-hmm. said cash. Right. I'm holding cash in this shady driveway in this shady neighborhood, in the shady town. <laughs> and I'm like, and everyone thinks I'm a drug dealer cause I'm holding cash, yeah. a wad of cash, right? Was it in and a duffel bag?
3: It,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it may have been That's in a duffel bag,
0: yes. <laughs> uh, and I remember thinking though, like, this is $650 in cash and my my mortgage was only like 620. And I remember like that uh, that light bulb went off like, whoa, like I'm living for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, a year later, we moved out of that property and rented out both halves. And, and today I actually have that property paid off. A uh, True story, that property actually, and some people maybe heard me say this before, but I'll say it again, That property, we found out people kept taking pictures of the house. We thought the county was reappraising. There's something wrong or whatever. And there's like flashes in the window. My tenants would complain. We found out years later when some Swedish tourists knocked on the door and they wanted a tour of the Kurt Cobain house. And so we found out this is actually (laughs) Kurt Cobain's childhood
3: home. Yeah, Yeah.
0: For $80,000. And and in fact, even better, he lived. So, I mean, he was a baby, like he lived, but he lived in both little houses. There's two houses on one lot. He lived in actually both of them. He lived in the back house first. And then when he was wow. a year old, moved to the front house. And when he was like two years old, he moved on to somewhere else. But anyway, so that does gives me nothing other than a story to tell on podcasts. But
2: <laughs> That's incredible. But now you have, you have started the Brandon Turner, Kurt Cobain celebrity yes. in Exactly,
3: What's yeah. Smart? Put a yes. little plaque. <laughs> yeah, driveway.
0: we uh, we
2: actually looking to get a plaque
0: because I think that would make it,
2: make it <laughs> yeah. up. A,
0: yeah,
3: I, Talk I, to I the historical <laughs> society. <Exactly. Yeah. laughs>
0: well, a few years ago, one of his other houses, like one of his teenage houses sold for like half a million dollars in an area where average house price is 100 grand. And I was like, okay. shoot. So I put it on the market. I, I like 250 or 300,000. No one looked at it. No one even cared. Oh, so I was, like, man.
3: What,
2: was it like I Kurt Cobain's baby house or something? Yeah, exactly,
3: something <laughs> like you just got to get into the Kurt Cobain fan clubs on exactly. Facebook or something. And then just... <laughs> Put it on yeah. Facebook.
2: At-
0: That's or- actually a yeah. phenomenal idea to go find yeah. a Kirkland fan it, it oh, yeah. roll, I, Die hard. I'm sure he will. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. Now I'm glad. I mean, that property today makes me over $1,000 a month in cash flow. I love yeah. that property. This is the great right. thing about real estate, yeah. right? It's over time, you buy a property, whether it's a house hack or not, you buy a property and over time, it tends to appreciate. Yes, there's up and downs, but it goes up over time. Then right. the loan gets paid down. I actually paid that property off, I think I bought it 12 years ago now, 13, 14 years ago. And now I actually paid the whole thing off last year. I got a little bit chunk of money, paid it off. So. Now, like, I get I get all these benefits. I get tax benefits about owning it. I get the the rental income, the cash flow. I get the appreciation. The loan got paid down. I got all this equity, and like, I think I put a total of like three thousand dollars to buy that house total in the beginning. Yeah. Like, it was like,
1: let's uh, go, yeah, yeah. It. it's so
0: awesome. So that was <laughs> that was my first like house hack. But then at the same time, then because I now was house hacking, this is why I'm such a big fan of house hacking. Because now I'm house hacking in this thing. I didn't have to. I didn't have any bills. Like I was like. I was playing strong defense. Uh, as I like uh, David Green likes to say um, mm, on our podcast. Yeah. So in other words, now I had the ability to risk a little bit more. And so I went and bought a house to flip. And I bought this house and I was going to flip it. I bought it for 45 grand. Uh, I was going to put in like 60 grand into it, so I had, which I did. I put about 100K total, including purchase price. Tried to sell it for 140, couldn't sell. Tried to sell for 130, couldn't sell. 120, couldn't sell. And finally I was like, wow, I am like almost break even. Let's turn this into a rental property. So uh, I refinanced it. And turn it into a rental property. And that's, uh, you know, that's just the next uh, yeah. leg on my journey. Yeah, Were you still, not,
3: yeah. still able, able to
0: hit 1% rule? Uh, Close. I rented it for nine fifty, dollars okay, you know, okay. so, but, okay. but I think I my refinance was for like 100 even or something like sure. that. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it was close enough that because I managed it and I did my own repairs and maintenance at the time, it ca- cash flowed. You cash flowed, uh, yeah. For, for a number of years until... Two years ago, three years ago, I get a text. I'm at a conference and I get a text message. It's my first rental. The same tenant I moved at the beginning, I had no idea how to find tenants. The same tenant that was living there the whole time along uh, had at the very end, his, his girlfriend or wife left him. He got into you know drugs and stopped paying his rent. And we were having to evict him after like this, is, like 10 years debt later. And uh, I get a text from him and I wasn't returning calls or anything like that because he was just he went off the deep end. Right. But I get this text and I'm at this conference and a group of people sitting around and it says, Brandon, you need to call me. Your house is on fire. <laughs> and
2: I'm, like, so I'm,
0: like, I'm like debating with this group of people. We're all sitting around here kind of like, is this a ploy for me to get on the phone with him? Cause I'm not answering his phone calls because he's in the middle of an eviction or is this a real thing? So then I get a call from the fire department and sure enough, my house is burning yeah, down. Real thing. Uh, oh, no. But here's the cool thing about real estate, right? <laughs> 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 I love this. He left a disaster, by the way. He left a dis- I mean, it was a disaster when he left it, not counting the fire. By the way, the fire was he, he moved all his stuff that he wanted out of his house. He left about 10,000 pounds of garbage in the house and then put a box on the stove, turned the stove on and left. Yeah. Was that an accident? I don't know. He said wow. that he must have bumped it. Whatever. I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but <laughs> insurance comes in and fixes the whole house up. It burns off like a quarter of the house. It burns the whole kitchen down, you know, away. Jeez, insurance man. comes in, covers the entire cost, fixes everything up, including and makes it like look brand new. I then sell the house for 140,000, the original price I wanted <laughs> for
2: it, and hey. walked out
0: and walked out a- ahead. And so, like, you know what? People are like, "Well, what if this happens? What if this happens?" Well, the only thing I love about real estate is, "What's well, okay, man? It's okay. okay. We got." We got, we got everything is figured out. out.
2: Exactly. That's it.
1: I love that, man. That is so incredible. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> such an awesome story. And, and I love that too, because we actually had another person on the podcast that had a similar situation, right? Tenant, right? Accident, right? Yeah. Some kind of fire happened and it uh, ended up breaking down, but insurance covers it, right? Yeah. And he was actually living in the other half, right? Of the duplex. Mm-hmm. And not only did insurance cover that, but they also covered his stay at a hotel, Right. Uh-huh. So sometimes it can really work out for you guys. You know, just don't don't get discouraged by things that might happen. Just like anything yeah. in the military, there are SOPs and procedures in place to handle casualties as they come. But you yeah. can totally do it just to Brennan's point. So that's awesome, man.
3: And there's a, there's a little bit of a lesson baked in too, to, you know, if you buy a rental property now, or if, say you buy a flip, you're probably considering, okay, will this rent also, right? Yeah. Or vice versa. If you want to burr a place and you're like, this might make a really good flip, like mm-hmm. we could make some cash right now or something like that. So
0: yeah, it's actually my rule of flipping it. is every flip that I do has to be able to at least rent for and break even. Like that's just my, my flip rule is if yeah. I can't break even on a flip, if I had to rent it, then I'm not going to do the flip. Uh, And so I do, I do million dollar houses out here in Maui. Now we flip flip like, you know, expensive properties sometimes, but they better rent, they better make cash flow uh, or else I ain't going to flip it. I just don't want that risk. I don't want another 2007, 2008, nine, 10. Uh, I don't want to ever lose. So yeah.
3: A little different, the mortgage, you know, a $4,000 mortgage payment, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) got to cover that one. Well, the great thing about Hawaii, in a lot
0: of expensive markets, like if you're in like, you know, Seattle or, you know, LA, California, you're in any of the expensive markets, right? Uh, The cool thing is that a lot of times units have, like properties have an extra unit, an ADU, right? Or or that thing. So like most of the houses we flip here have an extra unit somewhere or could have an extra unit. Uh, And a lot of like states like California, like have really, in Hawaii, have really good ADU laws that allow you to build ADU. So that's been a, a big... Uh, big part of our strategy as
3: well. I'm in California. I'm in NorCal, and uh, Newsom just passed that I think um, this year, January one. That yeah. y- even if you're in an HOA, you can add an ADU. Yeah,
2: that's awesome. Wow. Yeah,
1: interesting. It's but it's it's important though, right? Because I mean, you know, we think about the population and how it's growing, right? We need mm-hmm. to have places to yeah. house. I'm actually in Hawaii too, Brendan. I'm I'm in oh, Oahu. Nice. Yeah, ah, I just moved awesome, out. Man. Just moved out here. My wife has three year uh, three year orders. And he ah, uh, was cool. following you. He's yeah. Me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. and I'm fine. Sure. That's, Ola, that's Ola, it. Ola, who's great. It.
0: Ola, who's great. You know, it's no Maui, yeah, yeah. but whatever. It's, it's no good.
1: Maui. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Maybe we'll come. We'll go have lunch you someday. Gotta, but yeah, you uh,
0: got to come over here and hang out because uh, let yeah, man. There's some cool stuff
1: for sure. But but perfect segue because I actually had this question right. So for someone who is trying to you know invest in a uh, high appreciating area, right? I mean, obviously there's house hacking, like that's a good strategy, yeah. but we heard on your podcast, uh, last year, I think it was November timeframe about a section eight investor who is doing something yeah. in DC and I yeah. believe you, you were going to maybe take a look at it. Did that ever happen yeah. and has been successful it for you?
0: It did. Yeah. So we interviewed Joe Asamoa and he's a guy in DC is awesome dude who his whole strategy is buy, like buy nasty houses, make them really nice uh put in a lot of money you know the granite countertops the hardwood floors everything stainless steel and then rent them section eight because you are the mm. best section eight in town and so like you get your pick of the litter is that still a phrase i don't know you get the, you get your pick right <laughs> yeah, yeah of sure. like of the best of the best of the best uh, section eight tenants and there are really good section eight tenants out there mm-hmm. um and those aren't familiar section eight is a program it's not even called section eight it's got a new fancy name now but the section 8, it's like this, uh, it program, the government pays the majority or all of the rent of the people living there, which is great because then rent comes in automatically. And here's the cool thing that I never put together other than live on that show when we we're recording it was section eight pays by bedroom count, not mm-hmm. like your street address, which means that if you have a house with a lot of bedrooms, you can rent it out for a whole lot more. And so as I'm sitting on the show, I have my my uh, partner, Ryan, uh, he's, he's part of Open Door Capital. I'm like, hey, would you mind looking up section eight rents, uh, you know, rental rates? We find out it's like, it's huge. It's like, it was like for a two bedroom, it was like 2,600 for like three bedroom it was like 3,500. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we ended up turning the property yes. we were doing here in Maui into uh, at least one of the units right now is section eight. And I'm going to turn the other one when the tenant leaves into a section eight as well. Cause it's a really nice property and, yeah. it, and it, it attracted right. a great person.
3: And in, on Maui, if you make less than hundred thousand dollars a year, you on qualify. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think literally the line is like 95K. And actually,
2: uh, Brandon, uh, the, the, there's also a program called HUD Bash, and it's very similar to, to Section 8, and it helps take homeless vets off the street. Ah, so you're working directly awesome. with veterans, and uh, and yeah, I've, uh, I know I know a couple of people that are doing that in the Baltimore area. I'm in D.C. Uh, my investment portfolio is in Georgia, and I actually look to uh, get a 30-unit under contract and and do that. That deal fell apart, but the concept is still there, and it's uh it's really powerful to uh you know yeah. to help out.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And it's cool because like you're providing good, safe housing for people who need it. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're <laughs> the gov- getting the government to pay for it, which is great. So exactly. yeah, I,
2: I love that strategy. Hey guys, Kevin here, and I wanted to take a quick break from the show to fill you in on what's happening behind the scenes at Active Duty Passive Income. Most of you already know that ADPI is not just a podcast, we're a community, a community of real estate and passive income warriors taking action, building wealth, and giving back together. That's why I'm so proud to announce the creation of ADPI's Financial Services Division. With a full range of tailored lending options, our team of pros is ready to provide active duty service members, veterans, and military families, just like you, all the advice and resources you need to close on your first or next investment opportunity. Click the link in this episode's show notes or simply text DEAL to 33777 to get connected today. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh So, so Brandon, I have a, I have a question for you. So this is uh, uh, not a little bit off topic, but when, so you inspired me uh, not only just to invest in real estate, but also to brand myself. And we always talk about in the real estate and investment community that branding is is so powerful because there's a lot of investors out there, but if you can brand yourself, you can network with the right people, so on and so forth and get, you know, more deals and and progress your career. But for you, personally, how has self-branding both in bigger pockets and outside of bigger pockets helped you professionally in your investing career? And then how, like, do you have advice for a newbie who's just getting started in real estate investing? Like how, what's the easiest step they could take to just begin their self-branding career?
0: Yeah, that's that's a good question. I've never been asked that. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, I'm a big believer. I'm such a, I'm a marketing guy, like, deep down. I love marketing. That's why I do a lot of marketing for Bigger Pockets. BiggerPockets. We can tell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, literally, <laughs> I grew the beard. That's not even a joke. I grew the beard because I'm watching this show with my dad one time. Uh, I was, like, home visiting him, I don't know, eight years ago, seven years ago. And I'm watching this show called, like, Fast and Loud, I think was the show. Oh, yeah. It's, like, mm-hmm. a car show, right? And there's this character on there. I don't think you know, it's on anymore. But this character on there had this big, long beard like this. And he was super interesting character. And, like, I realized without the beard, he was a boring looking white guy, like myself. <laughs>
3: and, like,
2: but with the beard, he became interesting. And How memorable. do you feel about this theory? That's what I want to know. <laughs> so, my, rule, Listen, my I mean, rule there's this guy on TV, he drives TV. cars, he's got a long beard. What yep. do you think? He's super cool. <laughs>
0: But I remember thinking at the time, like, this dude is just memorable because he had something yeah. unique about him. Again, like, I, yeah. I, I suffer. I mean, besides the fact that I'm like awkward tall, I'm like, there's handsome tall and then there's awkward tall. I'm definitely on the awkward tall side. But <laughs> other than that, I don't stand out. And, you know, I look like a 13 year old girl when I'm, I got clean shaven. And so instead, uh, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to grow myself an, a big beard to be more, uh, you know, to stand out a little bit. Uh, and because at the end of the day, when people think real estate, I want them thinking Brandon, when they think I, I got past, I want passive income, I think they want to invest in my fund. Like, I'm always thinking like, mm-hmm. I want to be top of mind when it comes to those things. So it, it started with that. But even besides that, like, it doesn't have to be a physical trait. What I'm a big believer of is trying to be the intersection of two things. In other words, like, early on, I had a website called real estate, in your twenties. So I wanted to be the intersection between real estate investing, which is a huge niche and people in their twenties, which is a huge niche. And I want to be the intersection. And so that's how you brand yourself as the intersection. You guys do it as well, right? It's, it's active duty, passive income, right? You're the military, which is a huge niche. And then investing or passive income, which is a huge niche, do them together. And you're unique and you're memorable. And yep. there are thousands or hundreds of thousands of millions of people who are in that that middle point today. I'm more like real estate in your 30s, but like the, the idea in pretty soon someday 40s. But that's where branding begins is like finding that intersection uh, nice. that makes you interesting. Uh, and wow. so that was some advice I got early on that I I definitely felt today. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm just uh, bearded
3: bearded people and real estate. Maybe that's my. That's <laughs> I think my it's not not too far from calling it brandoning.
0: So branding, that might, yeah. might,
3: instead <laughs> of branding, it's, it's <laughs> to that point almost. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> when you get obsessed about branding. It's called branding. I got this friend who's a lawyer in, in uh, Denver, and uh, she's been one of my best friends since college. And she, every time we get together, she just mocks me and makes fun of me for per, the word <laughs> personal branding. She's like, "You can't have personal branding. That's not a thing." And I'm like, "It is a thing. I am personally branded." And, it is, and, right? Uh, but it is. Yeah. I mean, the fact, the, like, the fact that you get, I get recognized if I'm in public, or the fact that I, I put on my Instagram a couple times that we were raising money for our fund. And we had 15, we've raised $15 million this year off. Not really trying that hard
1: standing. That's right. Awesome.
0: It's because people, because like, people, people know me and they, they, uh-huh. people want to invest in people. They like people want yes. to buy from people. They yep. like, they want to sell from people to people they like. Yeah. So, It's a people business. Yeah, Yeah. it's a people business. So, branding is really just about being a recognizable person and being likable.
3: And you chose right. It was either a a nice, healthy looking long beard or a face tattoo. One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: I chose correctly. I first first tattooed the neck. I just, I put the beard (laughs) to cover the neck. There you go, right.
1: I got the skulls (laughs) just going across the bottom here. Oh, man. That's 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 going to come in
2: handy if you ever go to prison, man.
1: Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm a <laughs> yeah, right. Fact. Hey, that's gonna re- mess with you. that's really great. I love how you touched on that that point of differentiating yourself from the market, right? And and I actually did a post about this recently. You know, because a mentor of mine told me, you know, the three things to be you know to be successful in business, you either have to be the best, you have to be first, or just be different. Right. And if you're different, you know, people will recognize you. And if they like you, they know you and they trust you, right. They'll do business with you. It's that simple. That's so good. And yeah. I love that. So I love that, man. Really, really good.
3: I don't think yeah. I could grow a beard like yours. So a face tattoo is probably next. Right? <laughs>
1: Eric, I yeah. think that's your choice, I can't man. can't wait to see it. That's different. Tattoo, it's
0: different. What if you tattooed my face on your face? Your <laughs> little, your logo. Yeah,
3: yeah, you can do my, been, yeah.
2: yeah. You can do that. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's that's a next
2: level of fandom.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> boy! I'll put it on the sure, back of my sure. calf muscle. I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> That's incredible, oh, okay. man. Well, Brandon, this this has been absolutely phenomenal, man. And uh, we, you know, we're we're nearing the end of our show. We do uh, want to take you into the bonus round, so we've got a few questions for you. Um, but you know, the value that you've provided so far, you know, just on this show, is incredible. But for what you've done, right, with bigger pockets, you know, with your brand, your personal brand, and even now providing opportunities for you know, folks you know, bottom of the barrel, maybe just starting out to provide you deals. I and mean, that's awesome. And, and you yeah, continue so. to inspire folks around the world, man. So, so kudos and we, yeah. we're hoping to follow in your footsteps. Yeah, thanks. I
0: really appreciate that.
1: Oh, so uh, our first question in our bonus round, uh, and I'm sure you were expecting this, right? What beard oil do you use, man? <laughs> <laughs> coconut yeah. oil,
3: coconut oil. You hey, coconut oil
1: gallon. for the win.
2: I love
0: that. <laughs> by the gallon. All right. Brandon, right. what,
2: what Mike didn't my... tell you is that these questions, these questions are really hard-hitting. This is like some Frostnicks mm. and stuff right here, good, so be good. prepared. As you can tell by the first question, this is going <laughs> to get even more serious.
3: Yeah, this, this is getting – this is serious stuff. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So next question is, how's your jiu-jitsu coming, and if you were to fight Nathan Brooks, mm. who would win?
0: Oh, man. Oh, such a good question. It is uh... – <laughs>
3: delay because of covid they shut down all
0: of that here in hawaii so i have no oh, yeah, however let me just explain my uh lack of i want to take some ownership of this so i like you know covid hit they shut down the 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 gyms and everything like that there's no uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu going on here and i had done like two months worth and i was actually like enjoying it quite a bit it's the hardest <laughs> workout i've ever done ever mm-hmm. uh but then they shut it down. And so I just like stopped doing it. And I've been running and I'm actually doing the whole like 75 hard thing right now. Andy Fasala's wow. program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just started it. Uh, There's a funny story there, but I, I don't have to tell it now. But, but day uh, one. <laughs> okay, let me tell it. So day one, I decide, I, so day one, I decide my diet is going to, you have to pick, you to basically, for those who don't know, yeah. you pick a diet, you stick with it. You have to work out <laughs> twice a day. Uh, you have to like no alcohol, no sugar, and a couple of little things. And basically, if you mess up one time, you just start all the way over the beginning. So day one, I'm like, I'm going to do vegetarian as my diet and go strict vegetarian, obviously no sugar, alcohol, that kind of stuff. And uh, then I'm going to, you know, do my workouts. I do my morning run. I love it. I run five miles. I'm like, this is going to be easy. Um, And then I go and I went up to pick up some food at Whole Foods and I'm in there and I'm like starving and I'm like, I'm going to eat healthy because I'm on a diet here and I'm going to follow my diet perfectly. So I grab a thing of, uh, of raspberries and i grab a thing of chicken and i down uh, I, I down the raspberries i start eating the chicken and then vegetarian I remember, chicken. i'm vegetarian <laughs>
1: and i can't eat chicken
0: you're quickly I, spitting it out no it didn't no, count I,
1: I, no, it, and I, was,
0: like, I was debating with myself is do i yeah. do i just say hey it was only a piece of chicken it was one bite i forgot who cares but like that's not that's not what 75 hard is so it's like how you do anything is how you do everything so anyway it was the first day so at least i screwed up on my first day you're lucky you weren't on
3: like Uh, day 14
0: or something (laughs) like i'd be pissed anyway (laughs) jujitsu so here's what i want to call myself out here and say i i used covid as an excuse of why i didn't continue then i'm talking to my one of my buddies out here is a dentist in maui and he says, hey, you want to come over to my house this Saturday? I'm like, sure. He's like, yeah, I'm actually doing a private uh, jujitsu uh, instruction Saturday. I was like, you're doing what? He goes, yeah, every Saturday or you know, every, I think it's a couple times a week. He has this uh. instructor come over to his house and they he's been training this entire time. And nice. I realized like, he didn't let the uh, like outside experiences or COVID or whatever, he didn't let the outside stimulus affect <laughs> his own internal drive or goals. And I was like, totally put to shame. So I guess there's just a, a lesson there. It's like, you can let outside things, you know, change your goals or you can just power through anyway. So
2: D- does this dentist, does that. this dentist have a picture of you on the wall that has like darts in it? He's just like, coming oh, for you. He's like, he's yeah. like, that's oh I know. I, told, I was like, quit. I was like dude,
0: yeah, why didn't you tell me this four or five months ago? You've yeah. been practicing so you can beat me. Like, <laughs> Anyway, and whether or not Nathan Brooks, I don't know, man. Nathan is a a tall man, but he's not awkward tall. He's handsome tall. So my height, I'm like an inch Mm -hmm. taller than him. I might be able to beat him just because of that.
3: All right, well, you know, he's got years we're gonna have to have Nathan on again. And, uh, yeah, yeah. go, so.
0: he yeah. would kill me. He would just, he
3: would just <laughs> you back over. down so quickly. Yeah. You back that's me like nah.
0: yep. <laughs> yeah. It's easy
2: to talk
3: talk crap about Nathan when he's not here. But uh, <laughs> glad you said <laughs> glad you said that because he's watching right now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, he's now taping your face on his. Yeah, he's in your face right now. Yep, <laughs> that's what he's doing. I get it. <laughs> all right. All right. right. So Brandon, let's, let's take a little deep now. So this is a, this is a question we, we pulled our, uh, our community, our tribe and said, like, Hey, what do you want to ask Brandon Turner? You know? And, uh, this one's, this one's a little deep, but I, I think it's interesting. What do you want your legacy to be?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so I, I'm going to say, I want people to know, and I want to show and demonstrate that life was not meant to be lived in a cubicle and and even more like that's a phrase we use around bigger pockets a lot and i'm not saying cubicles are bad and they serve a a, a point maybe but like life is meant to be lived the word i use a lot is abundantly like we are meant to have an abundant life uh and for most people a cubicle represents the opposite of an abundant life so i want to be known for somebody who lived and advocated for an abundant life in all regards not just money but in in everything from fitness to spirituality to, uh, wealth to family relationships. Uh, we should be living in an abundant life in all those areas.
3: Do you have that on your vision board anywhere? Uh, I
0: sort of do. Yes. I, I mean, I, I do. I, I want to go in the whole bit, but I have like a vision, vivid vision. And yeah, at the very end, uh, it says I, so I show, speak and demonstrate to anyone I meet that life is beautiful and is meant to be lived abundantly and with intention. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I have written. On. Amen to
1: that, brother. That hit my soul because that is so true. And, and I feel like, you know, you know we, we've been trained, we've been conditioned into this, you know, employee, you know, I got to be a slave to my job, my work yeah. mindset. And sometimes it even bleeds into entrepreneurship. You know, like when you get so focused on the grind that you don't, you know, you know, look up and smell the roses, go, you know, enjoy life a little bit while you're in this period of, you know, of building yourself. It's completely possible because you should live abundantly. We're not promised tomorrow, and and the impact that you that you you leave behind is important. So, brother, kudos to you, man. Like I, I that really hit my soul because I'm I'm in this this period right now. But like, we're we're telling that the podcast, man. Live (laughs) abundantly because that is that is so true, dude. I love that answer. That was incredible. I'm I'm gonna shut up now.
3: You matter, Mike. You matter, Kevin, you matter, Brandon. That's a, the biggest thing is as long as you're breathing, you have purpose. So you got to find it and, and, uh, go make other people better. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. And that, that deep, that deepness was brought to you by, uh, Dave Shadows, one of our, uh, one of our private students, uh, one of the coaching students and, uh, yeah, great guy and,
1: uh, great question. Yeah. Great question. Uh, so next one, what's your favorite book? Hmm that's a good
0: question uh you know i can say the obvious like rich dad poor dad made a big impact on me because it put words to what i've been feeling right um life and air is a great book it's like millionaire but with the word life instead of million it's all about having that yeah life and air it's all about having that abundant Mm -hmm. life that book just really affected me in a lot of ways um i mean i'm a spiritual guy so the bible is obviously uh you know yeah the book um yeah number one bestseller number one bestseller uh and yeah, I mean, I would say those three. Uh, the four-hour work week also had a massive impact because mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss also just understands Good that reverse, like yeah. abundant life uh, mentality.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love that book, man. Um, oh. All right, Brandon, last question for you. Uh, this is we always finish off all of our shows with this question. Uh, if there were three nuggets of advice that you could give to a brand new military real estate investor, so this is someone they might be active duty still, they might just be getting out there transitioning and they, where they're coming back from a deployment, they got like $30,000 from, you know, tax-free from uh, going overseas and they came back. If you had three nuggets of wisdom for for someone like that, what would they be?
0: Mm, yeah. Number one is have a clear vision for you where you want to head. In other words, like, you know, y- y- you got to know like, and, and paint it vividly. You know, like people often assume that we are, like blindly stumbling around trying to find like this buried gold in a beach somewhere. We might find it if we look hard enough. Uh, and then other people realize like, and what I realized is that we have, we're not on a beach looking for buried gold. There's not like some purpose out there for you. Like we have a, we have a a blank canvas in front of us. You get to paint whatever you want there. So paint a vision that sounds exciting to you. Uh, there's a great book called vivid vision by Cameron Harold that's all about that. It's about painting. What do you want your next three, four, five years to look like? Uh, and, and have it vivid. I mean, mine's, mine's like 3,000 words long hanging on my wall in a five-foot poster. It's like, it's there. Um, once you have that vision, uh, then I would set definitely, I guess I call, they call it goal setting to the now in the book, The One Thing, another great book. But they basically take that vision and work backwards to get that vision. What do I got to do this year? And then to be at that one year benchmark, what do I got to do this quarter? To be there this quarter. What I got to do this this week, and then today, and then this hour, and then right now. And you can set. You can take a, a goal, uh, which for most people they'll never accomplish. And ask yourself, what is the what I call the most important next step? M I N S. Most important next step. If you just simply had a vision, and asked yourself continually, what is my most important next step? And then the third thing I'll say today is, you actually have to take action on that thing. If you do those three things, right? Have a vision. Work backwards to the now, and then do that thing. You can accomplish anything. I mean, anything in life.
1: Those things, preach, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's
2: that's well said, Brandon. And that's uh, you know we uh, we, we're we're working on this. It's our action journal, but it's essentially in in our words in the in from the activity from Tim Kelly and I wrote this, but it's all about kind of what you said in from the military perspective and, but it, it's all spot on and yeah. it doesn't matter if you're in the service, you're not in the service. You take these steps, you have your vision. Yeah. And do exactly what you just said. Just baby steps. What it would, you know, Eric, what's your, what's your famous saying that you always say, man, take that, baby oh, steps, success will hunt you down.
3: Oh yeah. If you, if you learn network, add value to others, take action. If you do those things with the intention to be 1% better daily, success will hunt you down.
1: Yeah. That's, that, man. Totally That's it. Well, Brandon, again, this has been an incredible episode. Uh, So, so fortunate and excited and and blessed, right, to have you here. Uh, So, if you can hear me through those World War II planes that are flying around, I don't know if you have them flying over you in in Maui.
0: We get these weird looking helicopter things over here. Like, I don't know what the helicopter uh, I don't even know. Osprey? Yeah, that's that's (laughs) what they are. They're flying over (laughs) us all the time.
1: When they're not crashing into the land, right? (laughs) That's it. But, uh, but no, thank you again, man, so much for this and I really appreciate it. We want to give you some time man, to pitch, you know, something that you have coming up in the pipeline or, you know, how can our listeners get in touch with you guys in bigger pockets, what you guys got going on.
0: Mm. I mean, I got a book coming out next year, but that'll be next year. Yeah. it's It'll be spring of 2020. It's called the multifamily millionaire. Uh, so that'll be out then. So you can check that out. And I'm just like, I'm like a 13 year old girl when it comes to Instagram. So beardy Brandon on Instagram, you can always (laughs) connect with me there
1: outstanding outstanding well guys make sure you connect with beardy brandon and all the rest of the team at the bigger pockets there'll be links in the show notes uh, and how to get in touch also be on the lookout for that book next spring and uh brandon thanks again brother really appreciate having you here man yeah
2: thanks man this is really awesome
1: Outstanding. that was an awesome episode thanks so much to our special guests and thanks to you for listening if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet make sure you go and do that Or schedule a call with us by texting ADPI to 444-999 or checking out our website at www.activedutypassiveincome.com to find out how you can get started on your financial freedom journey today. I'll see you guys next week.